The Tigers won't lose this series. They might not win it, but they won't lose it. They win on Tuesday night against the Cleveland Guardians in a close game. Let's talk about it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, August 17th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, we're back. That's two straight. That's two straight wins for the Detroit Tigers. Um, A really, really good game of baseball it's been a while since we've been able to just watch a a good baseball game both teams showed up um both teams did have an error but it wasn't like a ridiculously sloppy game it was a really close game both teams were competitive uh both teams had had good pitching performances both teams i I thought had good uh performances from bullpens uh, i thought that offensive approaches at the plate for both teams were really really solid this was just a really good baseball game and it was really fun to watch and, and i i know the you know the season's over i have to hear about it anytime i i, I tweet anything positive about this team uh everybody has to go well who cares season's over um but this was a really good and enjoyable baseball game to watch. Also, I know the audio has been weird lately. I, I'm, we're, we're trying. We're, we're trying to fix it and get to the bottom of why it was ever weird in the first place. Because as you know, I sit in the same place every day. Um, so trying to get to the bottom of that. Hopefully this episode's better, looks better, but I won't know until I put it up. Anyway, um, this was a really good baseball game. Really good. And it was just a fun competitive game to watch, man. Even if I wasn't uh, a fan of either of these teams uh, or of one of these teams, I guess I should say, I I would have enjoyed watching this ball game. Uh, we're going to start with kind of the controversial calls and moments around this game, and then we'll get into individual performances and such like we usually do. But I want to get out right out in front of it and talk about the first off, the catcher in the base path play at the beginning of the game that got us a run and we ended up winning by exactly one run. And I also want to talk about at the end of the game, the, you know, we had the ejections and, and Tino got ejected and, and uh, I don't, it was very, very weird ninth inning. So let's start with the first inning. Javi Baez comes to the plate catcher is very much blocking home plate as someone who was a catcher for their entire life. That is what is taught. You know, you, you, you obviously you can't interfere. You can't technically take up the entire base path. However, now that especially there's no more collisions at home plate and they're trying to make the game safer and whatnot, you have to give at least part of the plate to the runner. And it's something that recently AJ Hinch said after the game that MLB wants to crack down on even more. 
And so he said that he and Eric Haas had a conversation about it uh, literally yesterday or two days ago and uh, and or a day or two before the game, I should say. And then it happened. Right. And then uh, a play arose in which that rule was in effect. And so they said they were going to look at it and weren't confident if New York was going to switch it or overturn it or not, because that's not really the situation in which the MLB is trying to change. Like that is not why that rule is in play, right? Like a dude just breaking for home and the ball beats him or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's not why they want to crack down on the rule. Um, However, Technically speaking, and we deserve a technically speaking, given all the the in and out of the baseline stuff at first base has happened like four times this year and all the blatant reviews that this team has had that just haven't been overturned because it's not apparently clear enough evidence. We deserve this. We do. We we I have no shame in saying that this team deserved a break like this and, and they finally got one in this game. And so technically speaking, New York was correct, and that's why they overturned it. And uh, he didn't give Javi any part of the plate, and uh, that's why he had to do that swim move slide type of thing as well. And uh, and the Tigers get a run out of it. Then at the end of the game, all right, let's go to the ninth inning. In the ninth, there is, first off, they are, are bunting to get to Miles Straw. And that's already... Uh, a heck of a decision. Uh, I'll put it that way. Miles Straw is a very good defender. Um, and, and I want to make that known. He has value. He, he's a very, very good defender. But let's get one thing clear. He is consistently one of the worst qualified hitters in baseball year in and year out, especially over the last like two and a half seasons. So while he does bring a lot of value, bunting to get to Miles Straw against a dude who throws 100 is a really fascinating managerial move by Terry Francona. A really, really fascinating one, we'll, we'll say, because we're not going to say interesting because that's a dumb word. But it, it, it's a, that, that's a heck of a managerial decision to bunt to get to Miles Straw in the ninth inning down a run. It is a choice for sure. And he swung at a sinker that almost bounced on home plate. And then he foul tipped a ball into Tucker Barnhart's glove. Now, clearly on the replay, they made the right call. Like clearly Tucker Barnhart catches that ball. He goes nowhere close to the dirt. Just because he got down on his knees doesn't mean that, that the ball hit the dirt. He was just in block position because they know he called for the ball low. He got his glove under it. It's clear as day. There's zero argument. It's objective that he caught the ball. And Cleveland freaks out. They lose their mind. I, I don't know why. I guess it's because uh, they they didn't actually review it and they just came together and, and decided. I, I'm not sure the reasoning for the blow up, um, but they are going to look ridiculous. I tweeted this out too. They're going to look really, really silly when they go into the clubhouse and and see that it was blatantly the correct call. And, and Miles Straw almost gets ejected. Terry Francona gets ejected. They almost have a, a, a coach on their bench get ejected. Like, they're, they're freaking out 
over a play that clear as day, not even close to arguable, was what uh, was the correct call made? And Tucker Barnhart did catch that ball. If it foul, not a foul, doesn't matter. He caught the ball, clear as day. Um, now, if they want to go back and randomly be mad again about the first inning thing, while it is technically the right call, I at least very much understand the frustration from that call a lot more than I understand getting frustrated about the situation in the ninth. Uh, because again, they're just going to look really dumb when they go rewatch this. However, I, I definitely understand the, the frustration of, hey, this play isn't that play at the plate, that hobby play isn't really called consistently. And they're just now trying to crack down on it more. And, and, you know, the first one through always gets bloody. Like, that's just like unfortunate that, that, that had to be called against you, I guess. But, you know, technically speaking, they may, I said technically a lot in that first segment. I'm very sorry. Um, but, but by the rule book, all the correct calls were made tonight and the Tigers won. So that, that's, that's really all I have to say. I, it's just, it was a, Really weird game with a lot of frustration and, and really weird parts in the game. And and I, I think when it's all said and done, I don't know. Somebody on Twitter, I forget who, somebody on Twitter said uh, there, there's definitely going to be a Cleveland apology tomorrow morning where the coaching staff and, and, and Frank Cohen are like, oh, my emotions got the best of me or whatever. So sorry, I can't give credit to whoever said that. I don't remember off the top of my head, but... Um, I, I'm, I'm sure that there will be some backtracking a little bit tomorrow, or they're just going to blame the frustration on the play in the first inning. Cause there's no justification now for getting mad at what happened there in the ninth. Okay. Let's talk about the actual game itself. Some individual performances. We were talking about the game itself. Let's talk about some individual performances, but first I got to tell y'all about our friends over at liver health formula by pure research. Did you know the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? Well, Now you do. The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets, rich in unhealthy processed foods, and consistent exposure to thousands of man-made environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. And now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting super nutrients like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract, all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin-flushing, fat-burning machine. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low energy all the time. And best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long-term. As a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula risk-free and get a free bottle of CurbFit with your order. CurbFit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. This makes it the perfect complement to Liver Health Formula. So go to li- getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of curb fit with your order. Go to liverhelp.com slash MLB now to get started. All right, everybody. 
Back here to segment two of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Um, I already said that at the beginning. Now, I've, that's a couple episodes in a row. I've randomly said that at the start of the second segment, and I'm not really sure why. Okay, let's get into the game itself. Let's start with the offense, as we usually do. Um, some interesting performances here. Interesting is a dumb word. Some noteworthy performances here. Riley Green 0 for 5 with 3Ks. His OPS is now down to 614. I think we're slowly approaching the territory of him not batting leadoff anymore. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be tomorrow, but I think if he continues to slide like this, it'd be one thing if it was just consistent offers, but there's a lot of Ks in there. He, he's striking out a lot. And when he first came up, we talked about he's going to have a lear- learning curve and he's probably going to strike out a decent amount. And that's what we're seeing. Uh, his slash lines 226, a 283 on base percentage, and a 330 slug. Um, I, my opinion of Riley Green has not wavered at all. I don't think yours should either. Uh, obviously, you can think whatever you want, but I, I really, really would encourage you to not jump off the Riley Green bandwagon just because of the start here. Uh, I, he's. He's different, man. He, he's he's so talented. He's so good. He's going to figure it out, and he's going to be really, really good at the major league level for a long time. Uh, Victor Reyes with a hit. I think everybody else – no, Jamer didn't have a hit either. Everyone except Riley Green and Jamer Candelario had a hit in this one. Akil Badu with a couple of knocks. That's good to see. Tucker Barnhart with a hit and a walk. That's three games in a row. His OPS is over 500. That's three games in a row now where his bat has seemed to uh, be really, really in a good place. John the Scope with a knock. Hitting Harold, baby. Three for five. Got that OPS back up to 718. We were scared it was going to dip below 700. He said, he said not yet. Javi Baez, one for four with two Ks. Uh, was a lot more sound defensively in this one. There was an error in this game, uh, but it was by Harold. Just a... I don't know what happened. Uh, he's not an everyday first baseman, and we don't have one, so that's why he's playing first base. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what happened. It just He just whiffed uh, on a pretty routine play there. Uh, and then Victor Reyes got a hit. The offense as a whole, I thought, took much better approaches than we're accustomed to seeing. Uh, there was a lot more patience. They had, what, one, two, three, four walks as a team. That's pretty solid. Two of those coming from Kerry Carpenter. We'll get to him in a second here. Uh, but I, I was pretty impressed. A really, really good offensive performance. They were really good on the base paths. I thought Javi, well, Javi made one boneheaded decision in which he probably should have been doubled off, uh, doubled up at first base. However, their first baseman also can't catch a baseball. So he ended up staying at first, and then a couple pitches later, did delayed steal thing and got the second. So um, the, the one thing with Javi, say what you will about him, he, he's had a, a, a very not living up to expectations season. Um, but the one thing he's going to do every night is is try some stuff. He, he's, he's not afraid to try some stuff. That is for sure. And uh, a lot of times on the base pass, I wish he would get on base more so that he could showcase – this but his whole career he's been so good at um at just causing mayhem on the base paths and and really stirring up a storm and uh has always been a pretty effective base runner so again need to get on base more to be able to showcase that but nice to see for a little bit at least in this game 
uh, after a mistake. You know, he recovered nicely, I guess I'll say. Um, I think that's all I wanted to cover offensively. We talked about Riley Green, talked about... Yeah, so the only thing left is Kerry Carpenter. He looks unbelievable. And it, it's since his first hit. Since the start, uh, since you woke up Monday morning, since the start of the game on Monday, he is five for seven with two home runs and two walks, right? He, he's If you go plate appearances instead of at-bats, he's seven for nine with two homers. Like, he... He that was a beautiful pitch he struck out on, by the way. In the ninth inning, uh, he was the final out for the Tigers. And that beautiful back well, not back door, but uh, a beautiful cutter that hit the outside bottom low and away corner of the plate, the arm side um part of the plate there. Just a, a fantastic pitch. And that's one where you just kind of tip your cap and go, whatever. That's a that's a very, very difficult pitch to hit. Um, and, and, but besides that, even that at bat, I, I thought he looked way more confident, but a, as a whole, he is just night and day. It's so blatantly different. His, his approach at the plate, the second walk, it was a two, two count. There was a beautiful splitter low in the zone that he started to go around on, stopped himself and then watched it. And it kind of did like a mini Soto shuffle thing. His patience has gotten way better. He's not as antsy. He's not just trying to hit everything. He's letting walks come to him. He looks so good at the dish right now. And I, look, I, I'm not going to come on here and say that, you know, he's got an 1151 OPS. I'm not going to say that that's going to maintain the rest of the season. That would be ridiculous. But I am going to say that in a season that has had very, very few bright spots, right? Very few. Very, especially offensively, very, very, very few. I cannot stress enough how little bright spots there have been. We're going to ride this high, and we're just going to enjoy Kerry Carpenter in, in this moment and hope that he can maintain it. And he's playing for a job next year, and this is kind of a Cinderella out of nowhere story, and it's really cool, and it's really fun to watch. And I just hope that... A, I mean, for the sake of the team and the offense, he, he's able to maintain it to an extent. But B, I, I, I just hope that he's at least good enough to, you know, like if he was our best hitter from here on out, that'd be awesome. What a fun story. And it makes next year a lot more interesting. And it makes future plans for the Tigers a lot more interesting. Like I just want something in this season on the offensive side of the ball to go right something I'm begging for one thing. Give me one thing offensively that after game 162, I can point to and say that went well, that went better than we expected because pretty much to this point, everything has been worst case scenario. And I would just like one thing to not be the absolute worst-case scenario. So I'm rooting hard for him. Uh, there, there's really not a lot of pressure on him. It, it's kind of all whatever he gives us is kind of icing. Again, this wasn't like a highly regarded prospect, but, I, I mean, what a cool story it would end up being if he really turned out to, to be an everyday starter for this team going forward. So I say play him. 
as as much as you can. I, I want to see him play every day, whether it's in the outfield, it's at DH. I don't care. I I genuinely think we should just be playing this kid every night. Why not? Seriously, why not? Okay, let's get to the pitching side of things. But first, I got to tell y'all about uh, driving sober from the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You even kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment three of Locked On Tigers. Oh, okay. A win. A win. Uh, four runs of offense. Solid. Uh, I will say, too, before we completely move on for the offense, the batting average runners with runners in scoring position was absolutely, absolutely abysmal yet again. Uh, really left, stranded a lot of runners on, um, but did just enough to get the job done, and the pitching came through again. Uh, Chris McCoskey of the Detroit News put out a stat that since I believe it was mid or late June, the Tigers have had one of the uh, five-ish best team ERAs in baseball. And it's just, that's so frustrating. Like, I know that that's like a great thing. And Chris Fetter is incredible at his job. And all of these dudes that are actually taking the bump deserve all the credit in the world. It's just, it's so frustrating that even in a season where every single starter has gotten hurt or missed significant time, we have found a way to patchwork our way to still being unbelievably effective on the mound. And it just doesn't matter because we have historically, like legitimately one of the worst offenses of all time. That's so disappointing that we could not line up even a, 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 halfway decent offense even a league average offense from opening day to now with that pitching we're looking at a totally different season and having a way different conversation on august 17th it's really disappointing but even though it's disappointing it's also obviously a great thing right so garrett hill in this one six innings four hits one earned run two walks and three strikeouts uh, he had eight whiffs in six innings. This is uh, a quality start and then some quality start is six innings, three earned runs. Um, CSW percentage called strikes plus whiffs of 25%. So a quarter of his pitches were either called strikes or swinging strikes. Average exit velocity was 88 and a half miles an hour. Um, yeah, the, the velocity was about where it is. Uh, at, his pitch velocity rather was about where it is. 
most of the time, no big jumps or uh, spikes in, in that one. Um, the pitch mix was very fastball heavy, as it tends to be with young pitchers in the Fetter system. You're, you're told to not beat yourself, right? Not beat yourself. I, I feel like I sounded like I said not to be yourself, and that's not what I meant. <laughs> Do not beat yourself. You will throw strikes. Don't walk a ton of people. Two walks in six innings isn't great, um, but, but it was enough tonight. And with only four hits paired with it, we'll gladly take it. So of the 95 pitches, 46 of them were four-seam fastballs. That's just under 50%. And then the pitch mix from the rest of it was great. 18 sliders, 17 sinkers, eight change-ups, and six curveballs. Uh, five of his eight whiffs were on the slider, and two in, including two of his three Ks, I believe, were punch-outs on the slider. Uh, it, it looked really effective. It looked really effective. When he got people to swing at it, they almost always swinged and swung and missed. Uh, the slider was swung at eight times, swing and miss five of them. Really, really solid there. Um, had a couple of called strikes on it, too. The CSW percentage on the slider alone was 44%. That's obviously fantastic. So uh, really, really effective pitch in this one. Had a really good shape, I thought. The velocity, like I said, it was about 80 miles an hour. It's about where it normally sits. Um, I, I was pretty impressed. It got hit hard a couple of times. Um, but when it, the two times it didn't get hit, it, it was very effective. He just missed his location a little bit. His... His performances start and end with fastball command. It sets up everything. He usually mixes in the secondary pitches uh, frequently enough and and diversifies them enough to where you can't really sit on just slider or change up or whatever. Um, it, it all comes back to how well he's locating his fastball. And in this one, I thought he did a pretty good job. There was a couple batters for sure where it kind of got away from him, but um, recovering in making mid-game adjustments is one of the most underrated aspects of being a professional pitcher and a professional player, period. And I, I was very impressed with how he was able to recover. Uh, a couple of nice defensive plays as well certainly helped him out, uh, which is not something we've been able to say for very many pitchers on this team this year. Just a pretty brutal defensive performance as a team this season. But tonight, it, it, it was solid enough. And uh, I, I was really impressed. And the thing... He still needs to get a, a consistent swing and miss pitch. And maybe it is the slider. And maybe we're stepping in that direction. But but we need like double-digit whiffs as a whole in a game. We need to get to a point. The next step with him is going to be continuing to work on command, absolutely. But you need a pitch you can reach back and just get a swing and a miss on whenever you want. And you need also to get whiffs on your fastball, especially if you're going to throw it 50% of the time. That's the next step for him are those two things. Um, so we'll see what he does the rest of the year. I think he's certainly his ERA's 4-2-2 on the season. I think he certainly played his way into being part of this rotation for, for at least until September, but probably the remainder of the year, given all the injuries. And uh, I, I am pretty – I enjoy Garrett Hill days. I enjoy when when I look at the lineup every morning and, and see that he's scheduled to start. I, I enjoy that. So um, I'll continue looking for his next steps in development. You know, we're, we're still trying to get forward and really solidify him as a uh, as a bona fide, you know, starting pitcher for a, a, a good team. But he's very young, rookie year, and uh, I, it's hard to not say you've liked what he, he's been showing because um, there, there's definitely some stuff to work with there, even though there's still a lot of room to grow still. 
Jason Foley out of the pen, one inning pitched, one hit, one run. It was not earned because of the error. Um, yeah, look, Jason Foley is the, – the sinker is awesome. I, I love his sinker so much. I've talked about it a ton. His ERA is down to three. If he has another scoreless outing, he'll have a sub-three ERA. Um, I, I'm just I'm, – I'm such a fan of him as a reliever. I, I think he's just completely reinvented himself since he's come back up. Uh, when, when did we option him? May. Ever since he came back up in May, man, he, he's been a totally different dude than he was on opening day and for the first couple of weeks of the year. So um, I, I love a good sinker ball, really, like one inning reliever, because you can get a swing and a miss on the sinker. You can get a called strike because of it, if it has crazy enough movement and, and his sits 95, uh, 96. Or you can get a ground ball on it. Uh, like I'm totally cool with him just going out there and throwing 20 sinkers like he does most night nights. Very, very impressed with Foley's development this season. Joe Jimenez, one inning, two hits, uh, one earned run, one strikeout. Um, you know, the Joe's had a really good year, obviously. His ERA is 3-5-5 now on the season. Um, I didn't throw very many sliders in this one. And maybe he just wasn't feeling the pitch. Um, but... He threw 19 pitches and 15 of them were four seam fastballs. I would say that for the most part, that's a recipe. His fastball is fine. You know, it's 95, 96. But um, for a dude that's found so much success tunneling his fastball and then like he, he's been so good this year at fastball away, especially to righties, I guess this applies to, but fastball away, fastball away, and then slider low and away and just tunneling it perfectly. In this one, he just like didn't really throw the slider. And I think that might have been a reason. But maybe he wasn't feeling the pitch. I'm not in his head, obviously. Um, but not the most effective outing. Still fine. Still, The stuff still looks good. Everything's okay. Um, it, it happens. And then Gregory Soto, obviously, with as in Gregory Soto fashion, gives you a little bit of a heart attack, but still gets the job done. Um, what does he have? Five blown saves in, in, since the start of last year. You know, everyone views him as like this guaranteed implosion. He's going to give you a heart attack, but... Uh, he, he gets the job done more times than not, whether you like it or not. So one inning, one hit, obviously the double that then ended up on third. We talked about at the beginning of the show and one big strikeout there that definitely was a strikeout. Um, and yeah, Greg is what he is. I don't think we really need to go too much in depth. He he continues to be what he is, and there's not really any big strides in any direction making me think that he's not what he has been. We are who we thought they were. Uh, and I think that's about it. Solid game. Really, really fun baseball game to watch. And like, for, seriously, for the first time in a while, like just seemed like a really competitive, good baseball game between two teams that knew what they were doing. And we haven't had that a lot this year. So very much enjoyed it and uh, enjoyed it even more because the Tigers walked out of there with a win. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan Brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, back at it tomorrow, uh, going for the series win. That'll be super cool. And a day off Thursday. Um, we'll try and do something fun on Thursday. I got to think about what that is, but we'll try and we'll try and think of something to talk about. But for now, we got a ball game tomorrow. Let's go win a series, baby. Let's go win a series. Three straight? Three straight dubs? Why not us? <laughs> Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.